Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. It is Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. You can watch us on ESPNU, listen to us on all the great ESPN stations across the country, ESPN app, Sirius XM 80. What's that dance? That's the knuck if you buck. Come on, F. Come on, F. Cole. My bad. By the way, there is some clarification. Diamond out here knucking and bucking in in Memphis. Let's go. (laughs) Come on, F. Cole. There's some clarification needed. Uh, You know, you never want to get things wrong. And by that, I mean I always want to get things wrong. We asked the question... What are those little lighter things underneath the trays yeah, yeah. when you go to like um, like a buffet type event or you have it at your home? Mm-hmm. We had no idea what they are called. So thanks to uh, Simeon Paul and Michael Barna on Twitter, on the um, Dr. Pepper tweet in inbox there, Sterno is what they're called. Sterno. I've okay. never heard sterno. of that Classic in my life. Sterno. Yeah. It's called the Sterno. Did you know? Have you ever heard that? No. Neither have I. No. Never. You've heard of that, Smalls? Never. Not once in my life. But now I'm thinking about coaches on the hot seat. I'm going to picture Sterno underneath the seat. (laughs) Exactly. Warming it up. Warming it up. Which coaches are on the Sterno? I don't know how many many other things in life people know what they are without knowing the name. Like, think about that. Things that, like, all of us knew what we were talking about. You know that thing, the lighter thing under the thing? We all Mm -hmm. knew what we were talking about, but we had no idea what the name of it is. If you said, what's a sterno, and you gave us 10 guesses, we would have never guessed that. Never in a million years. I would have thought it was like a body part. Like a sternum, you're saying? Like, I would have absolutely no idea whatsoever. Um, Yeah, so there you go. There you go with some of that. All right, now. For some reason, and a lot of people are tweeting it at Unsports ESPN, sterno, sterno, sterno. Um, the Cowboys got destroyed on Sunday Night Football against the 49ers, 42-10. In that game, and I didn't notice this, I'll be the first to admit, as it happened, one of George Kittle's three touchdowns, he lifted up a shirt that he had a... Um, <laughs> How ridiculous does that sound, Bobby? One of his three touchdowns that yes. he had. <laughs> well, that is what happened. That is he what happened. He had a day. He lifted up a shirt, and it said um, Bleep Dallas. I don't yeah. want to go with the bleep, but um, bleep is what it says. Yeah. Right. yeah, yeah. So, um, we got you. Okay. Yeah, well, they did bleep Dallas, that's for sure, on Sunday night. <laughs> Whoa. And Micah Parsons... Hey, phrasing! <laughs> Micah Parsons has a podcast, The Edge, with Micah Parsons on uh, Bleacher Report. And he had a couple of comments about this. We'll hear these back-to-back about Kittles. And where the Cowboys are relative to the Niners right now. George Kittle had three touchdowns on us, and he posted this thing to IG. He said, F Dallas. I just feel like he's making it way more personal than it had to be. Kittle's my guy, but I'm going to say this. Laugh now, cry later. We got something for that. Just trust. If we see them again, just trust. And we're going to put it just like that. I ain't going to put too much on it. You're going to make it personal. We can make it personal. That's cool. I don't think the 49ers are at a way higher level than us. And I said we need to reconsider and fix some things. And when I say that is, if you look at the game and we talk about the Cowboys and who we want to be and how great we want to be, it it just wasn't there all around in all phases of the game. So 
Laugh now, cry later. Obviously, it disagrees with uh, Pat Costello's Drake take there. <laughs> but, uh, okay, so like, oh, we're going to see you as a rematch, and then it's going to be different the next time out. Well, Debo Samuel of the 49ers, their wide receiver, was on the Up and Adams uh, show on FanDuel TV with Kay Adams and responded to Micah Parsons. It was already personal before the game started. Now, um, 42 to 10, I don't think you like want to see us again. It might be a little bit worse. Okay. Well, Debo. I don't know what we trust. <laughs> 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 Micah, Debo, I don't know. I don't know what to say. I'm getting uncomfortable. I don't know. I don't know. We trust. We trust. You know, laugh now, cry later. I mean, I don't think you want to see us again. I, I don't understand this. What are we doing? My, you, okay, you here we go. This? You see yeah. this? That's what Debo Samuel just Mike did. Mike. At us. <laughs> Drop. The mic, it's over. It's over. Our mic is dead. This rivalry between the Cowboys and 49ers that we thought was rekindled is dead. That's what Debo just told you. It was light work. We took it easy on you, even though the score was 42 to 10. We could have ran it up some more if we wanted to. That That's what Debo Samuel just said. He said, I don't know if you want to see us again. It might get worse for y'all. Y'all already seen that y'all can't do it. Back-to-back playoff losses and then in a game where y'all hyped up, where y'all were doing all the talking about how it's not a normal regular season game? You want to say that we're the ones that made it personal? You want to say that George Kittle is the one that made it personal by wearing that T-shirt under his jersey? Stop yourself. And then the the part that is classic with Debo was when he said, who is Micah Parsons trusted? He keeps saying, just trust when we see y'all again. Just trust. Who the hell are you trusting, bro? We just beat the brakes off of y'all again. That's three times running. It ain't, and it's not getting better for you. It's getting worse. It's not getting better for Dak. It's getting worse. One turnover the first time. Two turnovers in the playoffs last year. Three turnovers last night on back-to-back-to-back drives. The quarterback is not able to get past this defense. The Cowboys are not able to get past the 49ers. And this is the team that Jerry Jones pointed out as being in their way in terms of the Cowboys well, getting right. to where they want to go. Yeah, they're in their way. But, but there's nothing that the Cowboys can do about it. But, CeCe, we, who, who's calling for a rematch? This is not the ca- like a, the ca- the the Cowboys. Cowboys. The Cowboys. I know Cowboys. But that's not a rematch. That's like a second game. A rematch would be 27-24. <laughs> yeah. That's a rematch. This is just they play again in theory. <laughs> Who's calling for this? A rematch? I mean, we talk about a hot ticket. Hot ticket brought to you by Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN. Great, gr- get great deals on the hottest tickets. Experience it live. Okay, that may be a hot ticket brought to you by Vivid Seats, but that's not the hottest ticket for a rematch. I'd rather see or I'd, uh, a matchup. I don't want to see that. I'd rather see the Niners and the Eagles. I may even rather see the Lions and the Niners. I mean, how many other matchups? If I said to you right now, NFC Championship game, let's take Niners-Eagles out. That's a given, right? We all are going to sign up for that as the yeah. best possible. Yeah. What's the second best possible NFC title game matchup? Any combination of those top two teams with the Detroit Lions. Yeah, I was so we line. don't even have the Cowboys in it. No. Right. So this is the point. What are we doing here? Because we know the outcome. We know right. what the outcome is. We've seen will it be. already. We've seen we it three times. See you know what Debo did to Micah is he he essentially did it in Southern terms so that he could understand. He did the bless your heart. <laughs> he did yeah, the bless that's your what it heart. Is. That's what it is. Like we that's we took it, it easy on you, honey. <laughs> bless your heart if you think that you're on the same level as us. We know what the outcome will be, so why would I sign up for that knowing that I'm probably going to see the San Francisco 49ers absolutely work the Dallas Cowboys? And you know what the 49ers would say? 
Okay, cool. Oh, they would love it. Perfect. We, we, can, we can go ahead and check that box. That's a win. Who's the opponent after that? Like, that, like that's the thing. You, you pose no threat to the 49ers. How do I know this? The 49ers saw a trick play to a tight end score for a touchdown earlier in the day. Sam Laporta, Iowa tight end, Iowa product. George Kittle, also Iowa product. George Kittle saw that flea flicker for a touchdown to Sam Laporta. Texas position coach said, hey, we got to run this because I can't have Sam Laporta outshine me. Forget about the, the the game was never in doubt. It's like, oh yeah, I know we're gonna win, but let's just put some style points on let's it. Wait a minute, how wait a how are we gonna hang let's on the win? Let's throw this in there and have a little bit of fun. <laughs> I, I got to put more context on that to make matters worse for the Cowboys. Oh gosh. Okay, Kittle saw Sam Laporta and the Lions do that that day, not a week, not yeah, a, the, the, uh, hours right. before the game. Right, this is not. I'm gonna bring something up to annoy you right now. Good. This is not Belichick and McDaniel's realizing the ineligible eligible thing in the Patriots um, oh, game against yeah, the Ravens. Yeah, yeah. That was from months prior. They're like, let's put this in. Kittle's like, you know, I was watching Red Zone today yeah. and I saw something. You know what? Who can we screw around with and do this against? How about the Cowboys on Sunday Night Football? They pose no threat to us. That is such a slap in the face. And Micah, who's awesome, you're talking about a, re- a rematches. We see a great game between two teams. We see a great series between two teams. We want to see it again. Not when you see a, nobody was calling for a rematch between the Broncos and the Seahawks in the Super Bowl years ago when it was like fifty-five ten or whatever it was. We no. weren't asking. Oh, no, that's brutal. Let's no. have a rematch. I'm a Heat fan. I get it. Uh, nobody's calling for a Nuggets Heat rematch no. in the NBA Finals, right? Again, brutal. It's this again the same thing here. Nobody's calling for this. Eight 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 say ESPN. Dr Pepper calling line right now. Eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. So if we're taking San Francisco and Philadelphia off the board. Your second favorite NFC title game hypothetical, right? We're playing this out just to prove the point about how ridiculous the Cowboys are. If you could script it right now, you can't say the Niners and the Eagles. Give us an NFC title game matchup that's realistic. We'll see how many go before you even put the Cowboys in there. Tony in New Jersey watching on ESPNU. What's up, Tony? Hey, guys. How are you? What's going on? Not much. Now, everything that you say... You know, seems pretty close. The only thing that you're leaving out, and this is the thing that Chris keeps forgetting. Chris, how many Hall of Famers were on those defenses that you just named that dragged those quarterbacks to Super Bowl? Every single one of those the one of those teams had at least one, if not two, gold jackets dragged those quarterbacks because Peyton Manning was horrible that year that Denver went to the Super Bowl. Stafford had Aaron Donald and Von Miller. So come on, man, for real. But you're proving well, our point. Yeah, we said we said that Stafford is Stafford, Garoppolo, and Matt Ryan are the outliers. Yeah. But the whole point of having a Hall of Fame quarterback or having a quarterback on a rookie deal is well, the quarterback on a rookie deal. The latter point is is so you can fill out the rest of the right. roster with it Hall of Famers. Our, he just like, made that's, our the, point. that's the whole point. He literally made the our whole point. point of having those quarterbacks on rookie deals is that. Yeah, I can put more money in other areas of my team, and it allows me to have premium talent at seemingly every position, which is what we saw with the Philadelphia Eagles last year, which is what we're seeing with the San Francisco 49ers and Brock Purdy this year. Now, if you want to make the argument about Peyton Manning in Super Bowl 50, that's cool. But remember, Peyton Manning was in the Super Bowl a couple years before that, too, against the Seattle Seahawks, and that was a year where he threw 55 touchdowns. So, I mean, like, like let's not pretend like – Hall of Fame quarterback play is Hall of Fame quarterback play, period. 
Now, I don't know that Matt Stafford is going to be a Hall of Famer. That's why I put him in the list with Matt Ryan and Jimmy Garoppolo over the last 10 years, 10 Super Bowls. Like, those are the outliers as opposed to Hall of Fame quarterback or quarterback on a rookie deal in your teams that get to the Super Bowl. But, yeah, he just made our point. Right. Because if you look at the Niners this year, to tie in the both storylines, and by the way, what he was calling about was the idea that we've said all along here today that when you're thinking about the quarterback position, because uh, Jerry Jones said about Dak Prescott, yeah, I think he's still a, a, a Super Bowl quarterback. Mm-hmm. You either need to be a quarterback on a rookie deal or a surefire Hall of Fame quarterback that can outperform any contract. When you have a quarterback on a rookie deal like Brock Purdy um, – not Hall of Fame, but look at their defense. All pro-caliber players. Eric Armstead, Javon Hargrave, Nick Bosa, Dre Greenlaw, Fred Warner, and that's just in the front seven. Yeah. If you did not have a guy, if you had Dak Prescott, theoretically, or you had a quarterback, Daniel Jones, you could not pay all of those guys. No. They couldn't necessarily be there. No. So the points go actually hand in hand. Yeah. What having a rookie quarterback can do, or a rookie-scale quarterback can do, is allow that guy to outperform his contract, and it allows him to outperform it by having the other 52 guys as great. 888-SAY-ESPN is the telephone number to be a part of the show. We'll get more of your phone calls in if you believe the Cowboys are real Super Bowl contenders, and if not, how many Super Bowl contenders are there in the NFL? We'll get to that next on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. So are we in agreement the Cowboys right now are not Super Bowl contenders, right? <sighs> Uh, Now you're going to say they are? I'm I'm not going to say they're not Super Bowl contenders because they're in the conversation for the third best team in the conference. I still think it's Detroit over the Dallas Cowboys, but somebody could come to the table with an argument. And if the two lined up on a neutral field today, you know, I'm not sure who would be favored. I feel like that would be a coin flip game. So I'm not going to say that they're not contenders. But I mean, I just I, I, and anything could happen to San Francisco and Philadelphia in the way of injury that could derail their season. I, I just I don't see the Cowboys getting to where they want to go this year just because there is a, such a huge gap between where they're at versus the top two teams in the conference. So they're contending adjacent? Yes, that's a great way of framing this, balls. Contender adjacent, but yeah. they're not quite there. So according to our FPI, the Dallas Cowboys have a 9% chance to get to the Super Bowl out of the NFC. That's tied with the Lions for third best the Eagles have a 17% chance to get to the Super Bowl, and the 49ers have a 55% chance to get to the Super Bowl. And that's the same thing that has the Bills as the favorites to the best team in the league based on the analytics, so i got to take that with a grain of salt right now. Um, here's the thing. If we were to make a bet right now, and I took 
San Francisco, Philly, and Kansas City. I have those three teams. You guys have the other 29. One of them wins the Super Bowl. Who's winning the bet? I think you. You'd win the bet, yeah. There is it ain't going to go off the rails for all three of them. I was going to say. <laughs> so, that's, so the I reality think, is we as have three. As long as you have three, San Francisco in there, I feel three, good about that bet. We have three Super Bowl contenders is what we're saying. So what you're saying is you're disagreeing with Jerry Jones and what he said yesterday. Yeah, but what – okay. So if you said to me right now, hey, somebody gets hot, some season turns around, Baltimore is the one that's coming to mind for whatever reason, even after sure. their loss yeah. um, this past weekend as I just knocked my microphone apart. Um, <laughs> sure, that could happen. Mm-hmm. But it feels like the dominance of those three teams is so great right now. What about Miami? Would you put them in that conversation? Yeah, so I actually did this exercise yesterday, and I was thinking about Jerry Jones calling the Cowboys a contender. It just feels laughable after they got the brakes beat off them by the 49ers. But just looking at the different tiers of teams that are contenders, like who are the for real contenders, and then who are the teams that could graduate to being real contenders, and who are the teams that, like, if you squint really closely at them, they could look like a contender depending on the lighting that's around. So here it is. Tier 1, obviously the three teams that Ev just rattled off. San Francisco's at the top. Philadelphia Eagles are second. The Kansas City Chiefs are third. Draw line. That is tier one. Those teams are Super Bowl contenders. We expect them to be there in the end. Wouldn't surprise me if, if that's three of the four participants in the conference championship game round. Okay. Tier two. The Miami Dolphins, the Buffalo Bills, the Baltimore Ravens, and the Dallas Cowboys. So the Dallas Cowboys are that fringe tier two team. They're like at the bottom of tier two, maybe the top of tier three, depending on any given week. But the Miami Dolphins, if Tua can stay healthy, that offense is always going to give them a shot. Right. Like there's a reason why like this team is breaking NFL records. You saw a few weeks ago against the Denver Broncos, they could have broke the single game points record. They passed a record this past week against the New York Giants, becoming the first offense to go past 2,500 yards of total offense in the first five games. Like, they're, 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 their offense is operating at a historic level. And if they can tilt the game because they can score points in the way that they can, it's going to make it easier for them to play defense. Vic Fangio will, will figure out that thing on the other side of the ball, and then they get Jalen Phillips and Jalen Carter back at some point down the line, two big-time players at key positions on that side of the ball. So the Miami Dolphins are the top of Tier 2 contenders. Then I've got the Buffalo Bills right there. And then after the Bills, the Baltimore Ravens and then the Dallas Cowboys. The Ravens are interesting. I think Lamar and that offense will figure it out. Those receivers got to start catching passes. But I think Lamar's comfort level in Todd Monkin's system is going to prove dividends later on. It's a little bit clunky early on in the season, but we know they don't play a lot of preseason. They don't get a lot of reps. So Mm -hmm. I think – you know, Lamar has been test driving this thing through the first quarter of the season. We're going to see him hit his stride later. But, yeah, the Dallas Cowboys, I guess you can call them a Super Bowl contender. But, I, I, again, they got a lot of room between where they're at versus the top of the food chain in the NFL. So why no Detroit in lieu of the Cowboys? Or the Rangers? I'm glad you asked that, Smalls, because Tier 3, here we go. <laughs> tier 3, the top team in Tier 3, the Detroit Lions. Okay. Then we've got the Jacksonville Jaguars the Seattle Seahawks, and the L.A. Chargers. So that are that's the that's tier three of Super Bowl contenders. Again, teams that we know aren't quite there yet, but could be there These at the, the end of the season. These are the ones you squint. They look, they look a little funny in the light, but they could. you could convince yourself under club light, 
These teams look like contenders. Under the disco ball? Yeah, under the disco ball, they look like contenders. Now, if you see them at high noon the following day, maybe not so much. But right now, under club light, these are the teams that you think could be Super Bowl contenders. Okay, a couple of reactions to this. One, I don't like that you did your question mark voice at the end of the Cowboys. You had them on tier two. Stop with the question mark voice. You put them in there. Yeah. They're in there for you. And does this mean you have 11 teams that you could see in the Super Bowl? Did you just go that far? I did go that far, yeah. Wow. I did go. This It's so wide open this year, especially the AFC. Remember, like, we talked about how good the AFC is. It just feels like a, a lot of parity in the AFC. Yeah. When you start talking about the elite teams, who's the elite team in the AFC? Like, outside of well, Kansas, Kansas City. City. Yeah. Well, I, but that's what I'm saying. And the yeah. only reason we're saying really that about Kansas City is because of Mahomes and Andy Reid. Yeah. Like, but I mean, Kansas City is right there with the Miami Dolphins, the Buffalo. Like, nobody is, has truly separated themselves. Nobody looks like they're unbeatable. So, I, I mean, that, that, that's what it feels like in the AFC. Well, also, injuries played a huge part in that, right? Joe yeah. Burrow not looking like himself, Aaron Rodgers going down. What we yeah. thought the AFC was going to be like was quickly dismantled with injuries early on. Well, you know, you said you did the exercise yesterday with the tears, obviously. Um, as did I. I just spelled it differently. So, oh. here, are, here are my tears. Um, when Uncle Phil and Will Smith had the hug oh, in Fresh Prince. Really Why when don't Will's, want me no more? When, Why Will's don't want dad, me? when Will's dad left, that brought me to tears. When both Brandon and Dylan left in 90210, the show brought me to tears. Never saw it. And when Annie Hathaway and Robert De Niro in the intern had dinner at the office, brought me to tears. Those, that's tier one. I only have one tier, but it's spelled differently. It's spelled T-E-A-R. That's my tears. Things that bring me to tears. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's right. Strong list. Uh, yeah, coming up. No? Nothing? You have no I'll movies give you or two, TV I'll shows? I'll give you two tears of mine. Uh, spoiler alert, at the end of Father of the Bride, where she uh, misses her dad one. on the way out and circles back to call him, every time gets me. Love you, Dad. I know you're watching. And the other one I would say is, again, spoiler alert if you haven't seen it, when Big leaves Carrie at the altar in the Sex and the City movie and, tough. Sh- and Charlotte protects her and says no to him, that's a fierce friend. Okay, we need, and I we need from that. the big guy over here. I, I got you. I got you. Shawshank Redemption, one of my favorite movies. The when, greatest. When, when, Brooks, when Brooks went out the way he went out. Got, I didn't not 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 a full fledged tear like the tear didn't fall but I was misty I was misty <laughs> yeah, that was a sad it was moment hovering? it was right there I was misty I was misty I'm like ah, it's, it's my allergies <laughs> it's my oh my god big tough <laughs> my guy my <laughs> guys my you know what you know what's coming up you know what's coming up do you guys know Buster what it is right now Buster only next on Sportsman like ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 
This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. It is Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio. Along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. All of the MLB playoffs, of course, heard on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Last night, we see the Texas Rangers advance to the ALCS with their win over the Baltimore Orioles 7-1. Nathan Avaldi, another strong performance by him. The Astros up 2-1 in their series over the Twins with a 9-1 victory. And joining us right now, he's been a part of the coverage, ESPN Baseball insider, writer, reporter, host of the Baseball Tonight podcast. He does it all. Nobody more associated with MLB around here than the great Buster Only, who joins us now. Buster, I, I have a personal pet peeve with Major League Baseball from the offseason that has been proven to be right right now. The Belichick and Popovich of our era was available this offseason and only one team wanted him. Explain to me why Chris Canty's Yankees did not go after Bruce Bochy and yet again (laughs) he's just sitting here dominating in the postseason. Well, yeah, 100%. And, you know, you can see the team that he has reflects, you know, his personality. Um, you know, so calm in the biggest moments. And, you know, I've had a conversation with Boach about this in the spring about how, you know, he was away from baseball for a few years. He felt like he needed to do that. You know, there, there, there's this perception in some corners that he was run off by the San Francisco Giants. His feeling was that for his health, he needed to take care of himself for a few years. You know, he needed some repair surgeries. Uh, and now he feels absolutely great. Now, why the Yankees didn't go after him, I'm, I'm not sure. But I know that Chris Young, the general manager of the Rangers, who played for Bochy as a player, you know, flew up to Nashville at Bochy's new home and, and basically told him, look, you're the guy I want. I know how good you are. And there's nobody but nobody who runs a pitching staff better in the postseason than Boch does. Uh, and that's manifesting immediately. Buster, the NLDS Game 3 series between the Braves and the Phillies shifts to Citizens Bank Park now. Nola's going to be on the mound for the Phillies, but we know that the Braves have been dealing with some issues, some injuries with their pitching staff, and Brian Snicker's going to try to navigate around that. What should be their game plan in this critical game, which is ultimately going to go a long ways to decide in the series? Yeah, Charlie Morton not available, right? So they have to come up with some other pitching plan for today. And they've been having conversations the last couple of days. They could go with a starting pitcher or Bryce Elder. You know, maybe go with an opener. I think the biggest thing that they're talking about from, you know, talking with sources, they want to make sure that whoever takes the mound tonight to open that game uh, can handle the moment. You know, the the big crowd there, which is let in two and a half hours before the game. They're fired up. They're loud. They want to make sure that they get out of the gates okay in this game tonight, that the Phillies don't put up a big crooked number. Uh, that's going to be, you know, as they look at their pitching staff, maybe the first consideration, who can handle the adrenaline at the first or second inning. It's been interesting in this postseason, such a high percentage of runs being scored in the first inning. I reached out to Sarah Langs, our friend uh, and researcher, uh, about uh, you know this uh, this postseason and how many runs are being scored in the first inning during the regular season, twelve percent of runs uh, typically scored in the first inning in this postseason. That's jumped up to almost twenty percent, and I think that's what the Braves are trying to avoid with whoever they wind up picking for this start tonight. Well, Buster, we certainly saw a lot of runs in the first inning when Clayton Kershaw was on the mound in game one for the Dodgers. Now, they have to make it to game four, but if they do, Dave Roberts says Clayton Kershaw is still the guy. Do you think that's the best decision? 
yeah, they don't really have any other choices, quite frankly, uh, because their starting rotation has been so decimated. The injuries to Dustin May and Tony Gonsolin and Julio Arias taken off the mound because of the domestic violence investigation going on around him. Walker Bueller wasn't able to come back. That was the big question about the Dodgers coming into the postseason. You know, will their starting pitching uh, you know, be good enough to navigate the, the way through October? Heck, we're less than a week since the Dodgers started in the playoffs, and they're on the verge of being knocked out. In the first two starts, you know, Kershaw, Bobby Miller allowed nine runs in two innings. Last night when I was doing SportsCenter, a graphic popped up. It's the Dodgers uh, starters, a, uh, an ERA uh, of 40.50. And I initially was like, that's got to be a typo. Can somebody fix that typo? No, it's not a typo. Two games in, 40.50. So they're going to start Lancelin today. Um, you know, they encouraged him down the stretch in his last start to use his fastball more, to be more aggressive, to throw as hard as he can. And then they don't have a choice but to go back to Kershaw. They don't have any other starters available. You know, Dave Roberts at the outset of the playoffs spoke very confidently that they would have enough pitching with the bullpen and, you know, these three starting pitchers to get through. But, boy, it could be uh, one series and done very quickly for the Dodgers if they don't step up tonight. It's on Sportsman like here on ESPN Radio alone. Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen. We are presented by Progressive Insurance, joined by Buster Only, of course, ESPN Baseball Insider, host of the Baseball Tonight podcast and part of our MLB coverage, ESPN Radio. Buster, let's circle back to the American League. We've been having the debate today about the Astros. They're one win away from their seventh straight ALCS. They are a dynasty, or they are a yeah-but-remember-what-happened-when kind of team? It's a yeah-but-remember-what-happened. I mean, here's the reality. When uh, their legacy is written, the fact that they were involved in the science stealing scandal in 2017 is going to be mentioned in the first or second paragraph. There's no getting around that. Um, it's just part of, of what happened, you know, during this run of championships. But it's been amazing, <laughs> you know, to the point. I mean, the idea that if they win today, they'll be in their seventh consecutive American League championship series is absolutely incredible. And Chris knows this because he's a Yankees fan. And I've had this conversation with current Yank, uh, current Astros players. You know, the people wondered as they were sort of slogging through this year. They played under 500 at home. They lost series to Oakland and Kansas City in September. And I've talked to some of the Astros players about, you know what, that team that you're trying to match the feet of, the 98 to 2000 Yankees, the last team to go back-to-back. I covered that team, and that team got bored during regular <laughs> seasons. When you're in the playoffs that much, your season's extended every year. The regular season game against Oakland gets boring, uh, and it becomes an issue. And then once the postseason hits, the players light up. They respond to the to those postseason games that are meaningful. Uh, you know, I asked Paul O'Neill, Mike Stanton, who played on the Yankees teams, and they both said, yep, human nature, it's a factor. And the Astros players I spoke with completely agreed with that. Now that we're in the postseason, they are really dangerous. Buster, just to bounce back to that Dodgers series for a minute, the team on the other side of that is the Arizona Diamondbacks. A lot of people in the national audience aren't familiar with them. They know the name Corbin Cowell because of the terrific season that he's been able to put together, but a lot of people are unfamiliar with this core of players. And quite frankly, Buster, this is the first rodeo for a lot of those guys in that clubhouse. So looking at what the D-backs have done and looking at them poised to advance to the NLCS – is this a team that's more than a feel-good story? Do they have a chance to win the NL pennant and get to the World Series knowing that they would have to go through the Braves or the Phillies? 
Yeah, I, I think they're more than a feel-good story because this is not the first time you're going to hear about the Diamondbacks. They have this incredible collection of athletes. You mentioned Corbin Carroll. You know, he's the first guy we see. He's going to be the National League Rookie of the Year. He's going to ton- finish in the top you know, six or seven in the National League MVP voting. Uh, Mike Hazen and his staff have done an amazing job of putting together these guys that seem really well-suited to deal with these new rules that baseball put in place this year with the, the, you know, the shift restrictions. Um, and a lot of that, but do I think that the Diamondbacks can beat the Diamond, the uh, the Braves or the Phillies? No, I, I, you know, filed a piece for ESPN.com last night. I was writing, if you think of this, uh, you know, kind of like the, you know, in the the airspace above uh, above the Earth, it, it's like the, the the Diamondbacks are kind of in the lower ozone, and the Braves and the Phillies are out in outer space. Those two teams, for me are in a completely different universe and how uh, good they are. I think this series between those two teams, those are the two best teams in baseball right now, and there's a gap between the other ones, which is why this is, you know, the Phillies and Braves. They're kind of Ali Frazier. Uh, and, you know, if you want to say the Braves are Ali, they came up off the ropes in game two, and now we'll see, uh, you know, in Smoking Joe's uh, hometown, how the Phillies are going to respond. It is a great series. I do think that uh, whoever the Diamondbacks, if they get through the Dodgers, whoever they face, they they would be dispatched. Buster, we're seeing a lot of higher seeds fall, lower seeds prevail. We've seen some a lot of sweeps so far in these playoffs. A lot of people wondering about this playoff format. Do you think Major League yeah. Baseball needs to reexamine it at all? Michelle, I do. Uh, if not, if only to at least eliminate the whining. <laughs> <laughs> Here's. Here's my suggestion that, that, that Major League Baseball do, that moving forward, they just give the choice of the number one and number two seeds. Hey, what do you want to do? Uh, you can play through uh, the wild card round, or you can have the bye. And you guys know this like I do. Every single team would take the bye, yep. right? Because you don't want to rest your guys who are kind of nicked up or tired at the end of the regular season. You want to line up your pitching staff. You don't want to risk injury in that series. So every team, and I asked this question of A.J. Hinch, uh, you know, the Tigers manager, used to manage the Astros, and he goes, yeah, everybody would always, you know, choose the bye every single time. And if that happens, if Major League Baseball implements that choice, then at least we can bypass all the complaining, right? Because then you can say, well, you know what? They had the option of just playing through the wild card round, they chose not to do that. They took the bye, so stop whining. What a move by Buster. Same exact yeah. format, just blaming someone else yeah. for Love it. it. Love a brilliant it. move Love by you Buster only. <laughs> yeah, I mean, seriously, it's a brilliant move. Buster, thank you so much for the time. We'll talk to you again throughout the postseason here. We appreciate it. Okay, guys, great to talk with you. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, 
board. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. It is Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. You can watch us on ESPN. You listen to us all across the country and all the great ESPN Radio affiliates, plus ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. When we think back to the NFL offseason, okay, when we think back to some of the biggest stories, Aaron Rodgers obviously getting traded was a massive one. Mm-hmm. The contract situation with Lamar Jackson was also a huge one. He asked for a trade during the offseason, which now feels like at least seven years ago. Yes. As I'm saying this, I'm like, that was this offseason, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So he gets the five-year, $260 million contract, $185 million guaranteed. And they're okay so far. This like, They're fine. They're three no. and two. He's got a lot of wide receivers that drops passes mm-hmm. a lot. Um well, Stephen A. Smith, who's amazing, and yet the other day made us all crack up walking in the hallways here at ESPN with his Cowboys jersey and the Cowboys ah, and the cigar great. and everything amazing. like that. That's great. Um, said this about Lamar Jackson on first take on ESPN. Lamar Jackson, two fourth quarter turnovers yesterday, now has an NFL worst 11 turnovers in a fourth quarter or overtime of one score games since 2021. That is inexcusable. That is inexcusable. We got to look at it from that perspective. We also got to look at the fact that he leads all NFL players with seven fumbles. Seven fumbles this year. I mean, far be it for me to bring that up. But didn't you talk about not turning the damn ball over? Now, interception is the only way you can turn the ball over. You can only turn the ball over by fumbling the damn ball. He's leading all players. All players. All right, seven fumbles, four lost, okay? He's accounted for eight touchdowns this year, but has six total turnovers in five games. Come on, man. That's not what they're paying you for. Okay, so numerically fair, right? That's over the course of multiple years, not just this year. Mm-hmm. And we asked the question about whether or not they're getting their money's worth. Again, we always have to go back to can a guy outperform his contract. If you actually look at the money over the next few years, it's not that much relative to a cap hit. 22.1 mm-hmm. this year, 32.4 next year, mm-hmm. 43.6 in 2025. Mm-hmm. At some point, he has to make that leap from MVP to MVP who can take his team into a conference championship game. But yes, I think they are getting their money. I don't worth. think they have to go up from a leap from that. I mean, he's just if he gives them MVP level quarterback play with the weapons that they put around them, the Baltimore Ravens will be fine. They should win the division. The part that's most disturbing about what happened on Sunday against the Steelers is that your defense or special teams gave you the ball back, uh, a muffed punt by Gunnar Olszewski, you recovered Jamari Moon, and then you turn around and you throw the ball back to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Like, that that can't happen, Lamar. You got to protect the opportunity for points. If nothing else, kick a field goal, go up 13-8, to and make the Steelers' offense drive the length of the field against Roquan Smith and company. Good luck with that since they did nothing all game long. But the fact that you put your team in that situation, that's just – that's just something that's unbecoming and it's uncharacteristic of Lamar. Now, maybe it's the frustration with all of the drop passes. His receivers drop seven passes. But on the whole, Stephen A. is not wrong when it comes to Lamar. Like – You've got eight total touchdowns, but you also got eight total turnovers. All of that's not on you. The offensive line is a work in progress. Guys are in and out of the lineup because of injury. A lot of strip sacks in there. But Lamar has got to do a better job of protecting the football in order for the Ravens to get to where they want to go. Smalls, I say this all the time when it comes to quarterback play. Rule number one, do no harm. 
Like, avoid the self-inflicted wounds. And I can't sit here in good conscience and criticize Dak Prescott for the turnovers at inopportune times and not be critical of Lamar Jackson. Now, he got his bag. He got his money. He's got a top-flight defense. Their defense is outstanding. I mean, people don't realize this. That has been a top-five defense since they traded for Roquan Smith week nine last year. Top-five defense. You got to go out there and win some more games. The Baltimore Ravens have turned – giving away games into a sport this mm-hmm. season in just terms of how they've lost games this year. I, I, at this point, Lamar has got to step up. He's got to grab this team by the throat. They've got to be better. He's got to be better. Why do you think it is that we put Dak on a different level and maybe give him a bigger percentage of grief for the turnovers and a lack of execution that we don't give to Lamar? Is it because you other want MVP? people— and maybe because those around him are dropping passes, like he's not the only one with self-inflicted wounds. But when you talk about the construction of the Ravens, the defense, same with the Cowboys. The mm-hmm. weapons around him are comparable. Our expectation. Mm, I don't know. I mean, the Cowboys have better They're weapons, better. They're think. better. But our expectations of what Lamar and Dak should be relative to their team, kind of the same. Yeah. But yet we tend to give Dak way more of a hard time for his miscues than we do someone like Lamar. Right, because we're, we're specific to the money part of this in this conversation. Like, Lamar's money really doesn't kick in for another few years relative to is he worth it. Of course he's worth Even if you don't think he's that good. He hasn't started. He hasn't had a great start to the season. But we all think that Lamar is a better quarterback than Dak Prescott. Nobody's having that conversation, right? right? But he's also paid less. Yeah. Right? So he's at 22.1 right now. So the percentage of cap is not that high. Mm-hmm. Dak, you've said it a billion times. They have to pay him potentially 50 to 60 million next year, mm-hmm. or he's on the books for 50 to 60 million. That's not the case with Lamar Jackson. And also, I understand what you're saying, Smalls, in terms of Dak gets a lot more heat. But let's not make it out to be like Lamar doesn't get heat. That's fair. That's mm-hmm. fair. Bill That's Polian, fair. a former elite general manager, said he should move to wide receiver upon arrival out of college. In the offseason, not a single team made him an offer when he was a free agent. Now, maybe you want to say there was no point. The Ravens were always going to match it. But so what? Screw your opposition a little bit. Give them some sort of crazy offer where the Ravens are now hamstrung for years to come. Steelers didn't do that. Right, Steelers could have said, hey, we're going to give you some enormous offer where we know you're going to match it, and as a result, you're not going to have room to do anything else. So we're going to, I'm just making something up. I don't think Lamar Jackson is one of these guys. Like Aaron Rodgers, for the first 10 years as a starter, I felt like got no heat whatsoever. Yeah. None. Lamar gets some heat. Maybe not as much as Dak, but if we're going to do the who gets the most heat rankings, Lamar's a top five quarterback in terms of heat around the league. Yeah, but here's the difference, though. I think we give Lamar, here's the thing. I think Dak gets heat. Because of his play on the field, I think people are awful critical of Lamar Jackson in terms of this guy not being worth or this guy not being a franchise quarterback. I, I think that's where the conversation comes in with Lamar because it's unconventional in the way that it's looked because of the offense that they ran under Greg Roman for the last three or four years. I think that's where the criticism of Lamar comes into play because people haven't seen him produce in a more traditional sense from the quarterback position. Mm-hmm. you know, And now that's a product of him being in the offense. It's not that I don't think he can do it. It's just that we haven't seen him do it. With Dak Prescott, that hasn't been the case. So from that aspect of it, we give him the benefit of the doubt because we've seen quarterbacks that look like Dak have success in the league. We haven't seen a lot of quarterbacks that look like Lamar have success in the league in terms of how Lamar was used by Baltimore through the first five years of his career. Mm-hmm. See, this is what drives me nuts. 
at what point are we going to realize the traditional quarterback is not the current tradition that we're living I in? I agree. I agree. Like, okay, Tom Brady's an exception to a rule. Right. Patrick Mahomes can move. Joe Burrow can move. Josh Allen can move. Jalen Hurts can move. Lamar Jackson can move. That's what the current – I know tradition doesn't apply here, but that's what we currently live in in this world that's in the, the NFL. That's the model. That's the model. So he doesn't look the same. No, he looks exactly like everybody else. He just doesn't look like Brady or Manning. Roethlisberger could move, mm-hmm. right? I mean, this is the thing. We're talking about Lamar looks different. He plays differently. The offense was There's different. levels to this, though. Lamar Jackson already has two seasons where he's rushed for over 1,000 yards. Wow. And one better. season where he had 1,200 right. yards. Like, but he's like, better at like, it. There's levels to this. Wow. <laughs> but then we're holding it against him that he has another weapon? In his arsenal? Well, people are holding that against him because they don't know that that's going to lend itself to longevity, right? Because the fact that he runs so much, you're wondering whether or not he could stay healthy. Look at how the last two seasons ended for Lamar. He missed the last five games, including a playoff game in Cincinnati. So I think the benefit of the doubt in that regard gets taken away from him, which is why people question whether or not he's worth the money. That's not why people question whether or not Dak is worth the money. They just don't know if Dak can win. Tom Brady doesn't think Belichick will change his approach. We'll get to that next on Sportsmanlike ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle.